welcome to Before We End. Hopefully, um, on this podcast episode, you'll be hearing a theme song. If not, the theme song will be coming soon. It's in the works, but hopefully it will be on for this um, podcast episode. Um, I'm Ty, and I am one of your hosts, and I am just existing. How about you? Um, hi, I'm Shelly, um, and I feel like I've been thriving, actually. that's It's a nice feeling. Um, oh my god, yeah. that's so delightful. Yeah, I, I love that. Like, um, especially because it's it's Pride Week in Montreal right now, and I feel like, I was like saying to someone that it feels nice that, it almost feels nice that I forgot about it. <laughs> Like, I forgot that Pride was happening, and then someone was like, hey, you should come to this event, and I was like, oh, okay, I forgot that it was happening, and then I Mm. almost felt, like, good about that, like, I felt like I didn't have to, like, like, maybe I'm in this part of my life where I don't feel like I have to, like, seek out for Pride, you know, so that Yeah, you're just living a gay life, Mm -hmm. and you don't have to seek it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like I know, like, where the queer people hang out, even if Pride is not going on, you know, and that's a nice feeling. That is a really nice feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, just for all the listeners, this is our first um, podcast episode that we're doing virtually in different cities. Like remote, Um, yeah. Remote. I'm in Toronto, and Shelly's in Montreal, Um so yeah, I just came back from my trip from New York, and I'm in Toronto right now visiting family. So we'll see how this goes. Hopefully the audio doesn't sound super janky and weird, but I'm hoping that it sounds good once we mix it together. But yeah. Yeah, because also it's like, um, it's going to be our first of many like remote episodes if we have guests, and also if either of us are away the next time and things like that, so... Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's a good um, good learning lesson for us. Um, but yeah, what's going on? I feel like this is actually, I feel like with a lot of the podcast episodes, I like know the majority of what is happening in your life because I see you every day, but I feel mm-hmm. like we haven't seen each other for a bit. So that feels kind of exciting mm-hmm. to know. Um, I mean, we, like, FaceTimed yesterday, so... Yeah, okay, we did FaceTime yesterday. And I, like, (laughs) did update you on some, like, exciting things in my life. Um, um, but, yeah, it's, it's been nice. Um, the heat wave is really hitting everyone, including the cats. Yeah, it's been Um, crazy hot. Yeah, I've, like, melted so much, and, like, um... And the cats have been melting into the floors. And mm-hmm. yeah, um, but um, I'm making the most of it. Like, I've been hang- hanging out with a couple of friends and like just like drinking cool ciders and a lo- lots of water with ice in it, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, mm, yeah, and my dreams have been kind of weird lately, but um, I think that's because of the portal that is Lionsgate. Yeah, yeah, I've been having crazy dreams. I Can I tell you, like, a brief... 
Yeah, and it's always yeah. kind of annoying when other people tell people about their dreams because sometimes it's like really long and convoluted and it's like I don't <laughs> care that like a I dog feel like, was green. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I feel like every like with dreams like some like little details can like so matter like in symbolism and also i feel like i i don't find people telling their dreams very annoying at all because i'm always that annoying person who tells people their dreams because i've had because <laughs> i'm like uh i i never like um this is a thing about me but i never not dream and i never not remember my dream unless <laughs> i I'm, never like, not dream i like, feel like you should put that on like a tote bag i never not dream it's <laughs> <laughs> like as an inspiration inspirational quote yeah yeah no but i mean like literal dreaming like i wish i could just like get that sweet like REM sleep but apparently i just dream all the time um but yeah anyways yeah the little part of my dream that was really funny was like i was like a spy Mm -hmm. like i was like a secret agent i guess you would say and i was like there were like these like this like bad person or whatever that i was trying to get and it was like a girl and she had like these like superpowers or something and then she like basically i found her and then i was about to shoot her and she's like wait no don't shoot me i'm bisexual <laughs> like and then like as if and then i like actually didn't shoot her so it was kind of a good <laughs> argument that she made for herself but it was just like so funny in my dream that like that's so funny <laughs> that's how oh, she God. was like trying to be like no i'm i'm one of the good ones like i don't know it was so or, like weird. or like you would be like, homophobic if you shot me <laughs> yeah like i guess like she was like no i am bisexual i was like oh my uh, god I'm gonna like use that the, the next time. <laughs> like, I don't know, the next time someone tries to threaten me, I'm gonna be like, no, I'm bisexual. <laughs> you can't do that. It's just so ridiculous. I was like, what the heck? Yeah. Um, it's pretty funny. But yeah, Lionsgate was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I've been thinking about portals a lot lately, actually. Um I don't know, because I feel like, I don't know, I just, like, like the way that, like, the word portals sound, and I think it's also <laughs> such a cool word, it's just, like, I don't know, this, like, process of, like, transformation or moving from, like, one space to the, to another, specifically, like, one time space to another, it's, like, kind of cool, I don't know, but, yeah. yeah, I had a good Lionsgate, Lionsgate was, um, it was low key, but I feel like it was it was a good experience for me. Do you think yeah. you like see any changes already, or like, or like have lo- learned some lessons or whatever? <laughs> I honestly, I don't know. I feel like yes, in the sense that like I think that like leading up to Lionsgate. You know, like I was like experiencing a lot of different like realizations and stuff like that. Um, and I think that even now I feel that, but I also have kind of like been trying to detach myself from being like, I don't know, feeling like I'm like need to feel this like whole like experience or spirit, like spiritual awakening. I mean, like I have a spiritual awakening a day, you know, but like just like this real like transformative experience for my like, I don't know, like Lionsgate to be meaningful. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, no, it does make sense because like. For me, this was like my first Lionsgate because I, and not that like Lionsgate didn't happen in my life, but I was unaware of it happening in my yeah. life. Yeah, so therefore, it technically didn't happen because that's yeah. your reality. Yeah, because yeah. it like 
was meaningless to me because I was just like, yeah, oh, it ain't cool. That's yeah, cool. yeah. Um, and um, but like this year for the first time, I like um, it wasn't the first time I heard the word, but the first time I like actually understood what it meant, and mm-hmm. also like, and also because like. Twitter and like TikTok were making such such a big deal about it, like because it was, yeah, like, on the on the Leo New Moon and things like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, so I think like I did have some like maybe some expectations on it, but then nothing ended up really like clearly happening. Um, I think so. Uh, although I'm sure there's some changes that are subtle like, changes. Like, yeah, that are that are coming um but or maybe like some changes that i haven't like seen yet but it's like i think it's like okay to not like be like oh yes my lionsgate lesson or thing something yeah and is, to be able like, to like package it in like a neat like box yeah, like, and like this is what i learned yeah like one sentence or something like i feel like that is kind of silly and so um yeah but yeah um, I don't know. I also just been thinking about how healing oftentimes is really subtle, and I feel like we often don't notice all the spiritual awakenings and changes we go through on the day to day. And I think that's also kind of magical too. That like you know, I'll like think back from a year now and be like, wow, I feel like I've really you know transformed a lot of things in my life. And I I don't know if I can pinpoint this like exact moment when it happened. You know, like it just happens gradually and slowly and then all of a sudden you're like wait like I actually feel a lot better about where I am and myself and stuff and I feel like that Mm -hmm. too can feel really awesome Mm -hmm. okay so do we want to talk about what we're talking about today also are you drinking out of my mug (laughs) oh my god (laughs) (laughs) yes I am you took my you took my you took my travel mug to yes I to <laughs> Ty. Did you process that? Yeah, I did. I did. I did. Actually- I didn't I actually didn't know it was yours. I knew it was one of I knew it wasn't mine, so I knew it was one of our roommates. <laughs> and then I was just like I was leaving to the airport and I was just like, I need to to bring okay, water with me. I mean, sure. <laughs> and then I brought water with me. But yes, I apologize. It's no, it's being fine. Kept really safe. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. I was just like literally like looking in your side of the screen, and I was like, wait, is that <laughs> mine? <laughs> like, for um, everyone that didn't catch that, I have taken um, Shelly's travel mug hostage. It is in Toronto, but it will be returning. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm actually so funny that I didn't even realize too. That's so funny that I was like drinking it in this (laughs) hall too. Like I didn't even realize that. Okay, so we're gonna be talking about today about radical acceptance. Um, Yeah, I don't know. This is a topic that is you know quite popular. It's going around um, in the spiritual discourse. Um, it's adjacent to the common themes of surrender that I feel like are in the spiritual, the spiritual, I don't know what community, like community. Um, and yeah, I think that it's quite 
I feel like there's a lot of different ways in which, like, you know, people interpret it. And also, you know, like, just thinking about, like, how does this fit within notions of social justice and, um, yeah, other things? And how do we, yeah, how do we find acceptance with things that are really shitty and things that we want to change and things that we don't like? Um <sighs> But yeah, so I think we're going to kind of first start off with just like talking about what it means to us on a very like personal level and then getting into perhaps the larger discourse around it. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like to answer the question first? Yeah, um, I think radical acceptance to me um, has been more about the self rather than uh, like outer stuff i guess like external stuff uh, in the world um until like maybe recently um and i think i've been finding that like it's just like the word like the words like radical and then acceptance like being together to me is like really interesting because it's like (laughs) like i don't know it's like so funny because it's like yeah like i mean in our um day and age or like society like acceptance is so like accepting of yourself and like your full self it like mm-hmm. just like become something like so radical um, like it's necessary i guess yeah mm-hmm. um yeah i think it's because like a lot of the time people like um uh like just like so many things about ourselves are, are so criticized in so many different ways like people's like um race and ethnicity and like uh, sexuality or even just like emotions and needing like a need for rest or just all of that is so criticized so i think like all of this like accepting that is radical yeah mm-hmm. what about you um Can I ask you another question, though? Um, Like, what do you think that... Like, in terms of, like, your, like, personal life, like, how do you think that you've... I don't know, like, like, either integrated and used radical acceptance or perhaps, like, didn't use radical acceptance? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, like, just accepting my body for how it looks for a lot of time time has been been feeling like radical to do and like accepting it um even like like accepting it like as healthy because obviously like different shapes and sizes can like be healthy but also accepting it as even like in its unhealthy state has been very radical for me Mm -hmm. um and like you know just believing that like and a so-called, like, unhealthy body isn't, like, unworthy either, and things like that. Yeah, or that there's nothing inherently wrong either. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, yeah, just, like, thinking, like, sometimes I'm, like, oh, no, I'm so unfit, or oh, no, I'm this, or blah, blah, blah. like, and it's, and, like, even if I'm, like, thinking about exercise as a way to, like, become healthier rather than, like, um, to, like, fix something in my body or whatever, like, it's just, like, um, or, like, the appearance of it, um, 
it, like s- still somehow like exercising with the motivation to like make me more fit is like mm-hmm. still very like it just messes up my brain you know mm-hmm. um so i think just like accepting like my body as like the way it is and like that like obviously i would like to uh be able to like hike without being uh out of breath and things like that but still like that it's not an important goal and things like that has been very radically accepting to me um and yeah also just the fact that i can't ride a bike sometimes it's oh like my god radically accepting <laughs> that should be me. a meme i radically <laughs> accept that i can't ride a bike <laughs> I think also recently, um, sorry, maybe this is too long of an answer, and, but, like, um, recently I've been also thinking about, like, um, my, like, anxious self, and also how, like, like, I've been focusing so much more on, like, like, I was focusing, uh, more on, like, how to, like, not make me anxious, or how to, like, um, get myself to not be anxious i guess and things like that Mm. when i am anxious and like um or like calm myself down i guess is the word Mm -hmm. um uh, so much and then i've been thinking recently about like oh what if i can just like be anxious and then let myself be anxious and not try to just like not be anxious or like fix fix that or calm myself down um so i've been thinking about that and i think that's something especially in like like the shadow self or shadow work that we're going to talk about a bit later um, that I've been thinking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In terms of what radical acceptance means to me, I think going off of what you're saying, I think really the root of radical acceptance is like, it's like not turning things into suffering, you know? Like, I feel like, like, accepting that there's pain but not making it suffering and I think that that's like kind of the key where it's just like if you're having something or something's going on that you're feeling is unpleasant it can just be unpleasant and that's it like it can stop short of like just like you know this is unpleasant Mm -hmm. but I feel like what often happens and what we often do is we go this is unpleasant and I shouldn't be thinking this way and why am I thinking this way and blah 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 and then you just like go into this whole spiral of this isn't fair I don't want this to be happening I hate this I have blah and then it's just like now we're we've reached suffering you know what I mean and we're like Mm -hmm. actually this is a big deal now you know um Yeah, and so I feel like for me, radical acceptance is kind of just like accepting stuff for exactly how it is and not adding extra mental pressure to the situation and not judging the situation. Um, I think too, like even like on a very... Fuck, I also feel like I talk about my ex-boyfriend too much, which kind of irritates me, (laughs) but it's just a good example that I want to bring up, whatever. Um, But I was like driving past... um, I was driving on the highway and I was driving past like the exit to where I would drive to his, his house, his place. And I was just like feeling the sense of like longing and missing. And I feel like at first I was kind of just being like, oh my God, why am I feeling this way? What does this mean? But then I was just kind of like, you know what? I feel longing. Okay. You know, and just like stopping it there where it's like, 
I feel this feeling of longing. All right. You know, and then eventually as every feeling it passed and that was that, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and I think that there is something quite powerful of, yeah, just being really present with what's happening and not turning it into like something more than it is, or like adding additional pressure onto it. I feel like acceptance oftentimes like has like connotations with like taking things lying down but I think more than anything it actually is like taking like ultimate responsibility for yourself if that makes sense like as the ultimate authority and power over your reality as in like okay this thing is happening like I'm gonna accept this and I know that like I have you know the ultimate power to be able to transform it if I choose and I feel like oftentimes when we like judge things or make us feel bad about like things that we're thinking or feeling or situations that are happening I feel like we're just like it often like makes us like more apathetic and gives us less like authority to be able to like feel like we can transform it but yeah that's kind of what I've been thinking about yeah um I was gonna say like like Kai Cheng Tom like said uh said once to me specifically. Um, oh my god, that's iconic. <laughs> to me, um, no one else. Me specifically. No, no, no one saying, else. <laughs> no, like she said it in like a, she was like doing a talk on Zoom once and then I asked her a question and then she replied to my question with this. Um, but I just mean iconic. like, she didn't like write this somewhere in case someone is like looking for this quote or something. Right, right. But like, um, no, but, like, um, basically she was, like, saying that, um, uh, she said to me, like, like, remember that longing is a beautiful feeling and that, uh, although it is a painful feeling, it is still beautiful and, uh, maybe enjoy it while it's happening, uh, even if it is painful, um, because it's gonna go away. Yeah, and I think that oftentimes the pain really comes from us, like, questioning that longing, being like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Why mm-hmm. am I feeling this way? What What is wrong with me? You know what I mean? But, like, I feel like, yeah, once you just, like, are like, okay, I'm feeling this feeling of, like, heartache or longing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, like, it's not as painful, I feel like, as the, like, process of, like, judgment on what what that longing might mean. Yeah, and like sometimes I feel like maybe I should stop writing poems about longing um, or like with the feeling of longing. But then I'm like, no, but like there's a reason why there are so many poems written about the feeling of longing because it is a beautiful feeling. And it's whatever poems that I come up with are also going to be beautiful because of that. And yeah. Yeah, and I think there also is something to be said about, like, you know, I feel like radical acceptance, too, it kind of follows along the same lines of, like, feeling your feelings and stuff like that. But it's, like, you can still feel your feelings and not, like, go along with the narrative that your feelings are trying to tell you, if that makes sense. Like, you know, like, you can accept. And I often find, like, with, like, radical acceptance, it feels almost, like, better for me to like feel my feelings as a really physical sensation and kind of like try to detach myself from the narrative of my feelings that like I'm like I don't know like I'm sad because this thing is happening and blah blah blah. and like the stories that I'm kind of like creating for myself and being like okay you know 
this feeling is arising in my body and I feel it. Like it's a sensation that mm-hmm. feels real for my body and it is real. But mm-hmm. yeah, again, I just feel like, yeah, radical acceptance doesn't mean like you have to just like accept every narrative that your, I don't know, feelings are telling you because sometimes they're not true. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I almost like, um, I've been like saying, uh, to a friend um this too and like i've been seeing some things about this but like um i've even been thinking about like radically accepting like uh like you being the person to like reach out to someone i guess and like um and like thinking of it as like oh but like if I didn't reach out, then, like, maybe uh, I would have been in longing for longer, or, like, maybe, like, it, it was a good thing, or, like, maybe I just, like, did an honest gesture, and then it didn't work out, or something like that, instead of, like, thinking of this, like, because I feel like there's so much, like, shame around, like, um, I guess, like, to quote the meme, but, like, being the ex that, like, reaches, reaches out during Mercury retrograde, <laughs> if that makes sense. I feel like that's a meme, and it's so funny. Um, but then I'm just like, I feel like, I don't know, like, I feel like right now in culture, like, people just, like, shame reaching out to people so much, and then it's like, uh, but I feel like that's just, like, not how, like, even, like, romance used to work, I guess, if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, and I think, too, um, and this is kind of, I guess, kind of going into even our discussion on, like, light and darkness and stuff like that, whereas I feel like you know, radical acceptance is all about not, no judgment, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like oftentimes, like, we're so quick, even as a collective, to really place things as, like, this is bad and this is good and this is, yeah. and just, like, create real binaries around things. And so even, like, things like that, like, reaching out to your ex, like, reaching to your ex is in the category of that. And this is yeah. something that you shouldn't do. And it's, like, Okay, obviously, first of all, like, there's no binaries, there's nuance to everything, you know what I mean, and nuance to every situation. But at the same time, it's like, I think so often where our suffering, our internal suffering comes from is this idea of like good and bad, that it's like, if I have this urge to reach out to someone and I do that thing, oh no, it's in the category of bad, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with me? Am I weak? Like all these different things. And it just becomes this whole thing that it's just like so unnecessary, you know? And I think that, like, I don't know. I feel like the no judgment, like, obviously, like, you know, hold yourself accountable. But it's also, like, yeah, where do these ideas of good and bad even come from, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, you are the ultimate authority. You don't need to, like, I don't know, like, have this, like, moral system that you have to ascribe to. Yeah. And I think, like, I've even been, like, trying to, um, trying to, like ask uh my tarot cards like different questions (laughs) lately because i feel like uh normally um i'm sure a lot of people do this but like i'll ask like should i do blank or like is it a good idea to do blank or something like that and then i've i've like found myself like getting really like um I guess, like, ambiguous answers or something, and then I would, like, get frustrated or something like that, and I'm just like, just, like, tell me if this is a bad idea or not, blah, blah, mm-hmm, and then, mm-hmm. um, and then I was, like, uh, I got this, like, one card the other day that was, like, literally, like, um, the description of the card in, like, the guidebook was, like, uh, mm-hmm. like, like, 
uh, you're being trapped in these ideas of like what uh, what good and bad are <laughs> or mm. something, and just like think of like think of these things like in a different perspective than y- you usually would or something like that.、Mm. Um, and yeah, and I was like really hit by that. I was like, oh, okay, then I guess I should just like stop asking my cards what I should do, or and like maybe yeah. Yeah, and I'm thinking. I mean, this is kind of like going into like we're going to ta- be talking about next, but you know, it's even like the whole like love and light politics that、mm-hmm. you know, in a way, like creates this real、um, morality, I guess, around spirituality. That it's like we should only like the good thing to do, or like what is like good is like、yeah. you know, like existing in this place of like. Or that, like, what is high vibrational is needs to be all about love and peace and light and positivity and stuff like that. And I think that that in itself can feel very weighted to people and often make it a lot more difficult for people to radically accept their own circumstances. Because I think that, and I feel like I've experienced that a lot too, where I'm just like, is this high vibrational? <laughs> you know? And then I'm like. You know, like judging myself for like you know reacting or feeling certain things, and yeah, like pra- placing a type of like moral kind of binary on like things I'm feeling, or even like I feel like, you know, I was feeling, you know, a few months ago, I was just experiencing a lot of anger, and then like that as like being like, oh, does this mean that I'm not moving from the Place of like the highest vibrational frequency, <laughs> whatever the fuck that yeah. means, bro. Yeah, or、um, like,、um, or like, if you're anxious, it's like you like acting out of your ego or something like that. Like, yeah. yeah, or just like, yeah, like all these like really intense judgments that I'm like, I just, I really overall, I think that's honestly been a lot of my reflections during the Lionsgate time. Is I'm like. Really like deconstructing these ideas of like good and bad in my head.、Mm. Yeah, and I think too, um, you know, when we're talking about of like that spirituality inherently has to be love and light. Um, you know, there's obviously really racial undertones to lightness. Um, yeah. Versus like darkness, and you know. Yeah, I feel like um. I've been seeing a lot of conversations about it, and、um, it's just like so wild how like、um, some people will like go into spirituality or astrology or like like witchcraft and like、um, and then kind of almost like use those things like、uh, to. Serve their racism, <laughs> like, and it's just like, and it's like,、mm-hmm. honestly, kind of just like wild how like they use like certain language, like um how they'll like say like certain things are like so dark or like certain practices are so low vibrational, and then those practices are like uh inherently related to like、uh, hoodoo or like a lot of different POC cultures and um. Or like, or like, even how there's like a lot of people like、uh, 
honestly use words like savages and things like that about like no. certain like spiritual practices and no, like, no they literally do they literally do That's or they e- or so they even overt. say that about like they say that even about like certain like astrological signs like it's so weird. oh my god that's like, weird it's just like it's so weird it's like just like say that you're racist and go and like it's just so weird or um yeah it's just like so wild how like um especially with the witchcraft thing like how um like specifically like hexes right so like hexes are uh a lot of the times like very judged upon like in the can you explain for people who don't know what hexes are oh i thought people would know like the word hex though i know but i guess like okay I feel like people might only know it from, like, a fantasy book kind of sense, oh, okay, but okay. maybe from, like... Well, I think it yeah. is, like, basically what you think of in fantasy books. Um, and mm-hmm. Well, uh, I guess different hexes are um, done differently as with all spells as well, but um, just, like, the concept of, like, oh, basically you're, like, putting a curse on someone. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's uh, oftentimes in, like, a... a I guess like vengeful way like uh, almost like seeking justice for something that you can't seek justice otherwise um and mm-hmm. a lot of the times it's like frowned upon even in like the witchcraft community like now because uh, people are just like no like you should not do hexes like hexes are so like low vibrational or something like that but then it's like hexes are actually such a big inherent part of like uh, many POC like witchcraft cultures um that and it's really just like Wicca which is like an inherently like a very white born like witchcraft uh practice like uh that is putting shame and judgment upon hexes and just like dark magic and things like that and even to separate like light and dark magic and um and also hexes have like been like historically throughout like used as um a way to like seek justice when like justice wasn't provided for the marginalized community um like um i think you were saying about like um the haitian Haitian revolution yeah the haitian revolution can you talk more about that yeah no i like yeah if you y'all haven't like learned about or um, don't have a lot of info on the Haitian Revolution. There's this really good um, documentary um, that I am forgetting the name of now, but we'll put in the show notes. That basically, I don't know, they just talk about the ways in which, you know, the Haitian Revolution was the only successful slave revolt where they actually kicked all of the colonizers, and there were a multitude of them, um, of different European nations off of Haiti and they basically did it through using dark magic, voodoo magic, being able to, with the use of voodoo magic, be able to make poisons from, um, you know, different like plant life that they were finding. They would like poison their masters. And there was a real sense with um, this like so-called dark magic um, in which it made them sort of like 
unstoppable in a way and like the colonizers were really fucking scared of them and i think this is also like where things like you know the zombies and like these different type of like tropes um kind of got created um where it was almost like these like paranormal beings um but yeah it was just like they were like crazy warriors and were really fucking powerful and kicked all the colonizers off the island and the colonizers were like scared as shit of them because they just like did not give a fuck and would use absolutely anything in their power to revolt and like refuse to be oppressed and that's kind of nails i don't know like i think that like darkness has like a certain type of of power in itself and i think you know this idea of being like you know, we should always forgive people and blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I, to be fair, like, I really believe in forgiveness as a quite a powerful tool. But I think in a lot of ways, forgiveness and, you know, these conceptions of, you know, you shouldn't, like, do anything, like, bad to or whatever. Like, that was, like, a very Christian notion. And it also, you know, was a Christian, was a way in which, like, christianity kind of like kept people from revolting in a lot of ways that it was like you know you have to forgive and even like you know we're looking in a larger sense of like we get like mad at people of color who revolt in quote-unquote violent ways but it's like who's to say that that is morally bad or that violence mm-hmm. is inherently and this is like a whole other more radical argument yeah, yeah. but who's to say that violence inherently is morally bad yeah. you know in in situations in which you're oppressed and so it's like i feel like the idea that it's like oh we must forgive we must only look for love and light and it's mm-hmm. like for some people no but yeah for a lot of people you know violence is an option <laughs> And it's also a way in which, yeah, like you fight against oppression and access freedom for yourself. So I think even like, because spiritual, because love and light politics is also very nonviolent. And it's also like, I don't know, maybe like, I don't know, taking away that moral judgment from violence too, I think is a very, or even revenge is a very interesting yeah, honestly, it's, like, so badass, especially that, like, um, compared to, like, physical violence, how, like, uh, hexes and, like, I don't know, energetical violence, I guess, like, is, like, silent and quiet, but then can also do so much, like, actual harm um, in a very badass way. Like, I, and um, we were, we were, like, thinking a little bit about how, like, the darkness is inherently like a very like feminine um force as well yeah and i think too um bringing it back to how i see this tying into radical acceptance it's also like yeah being able to like accept the darkness too and also like not not yeah like not make um a moral judgment on the fact that darkness is inherently bad or whatever Mm -hmm. and i don't know i think like even when we're talking about 
darkness and like shadow sides and like our own like shadow selves and stuff like that you know this isn't even like something that I feel like I can talk about extensively because I feel like I don't really know that much about shadow selves and stuff like that mm-hmm. um well do you want yeah, me to like, like these are... try to define it or sure um well I think like if I'm understanding it correctly like what the shadow self or like your dark side is in like the spiritual conversation is like basically like well sometimes people say like um the sides of yourself that um is more judged upon or you think are going to be judged upon or something or like that you want uh, that you've like hidden um out of shame and um it's interesting to like put mm-hmm. it that way instead of like mm-hmm. the side that you need to hide or the side that um mm. you have hidden for like good reason or something like that you know and the whole like process of shadow work like the point of it is that um to get to know your shadow self and mm. not um and not like continue to hide it or like to try to like solve it or whatever um but uh, really just to accept it and like um balance it with your light self and then make yourself more full is like the goal um mm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah do you want to segue into radical acceptance within injustice um yeah i i feel like with like shadow i feel like i'm still like having a hard time like doing what i just said like making yourself full and accepting your dark side and stuff too um but it's something i want to like work on more because i think i used to think that shadow work was just like like you bring up something like say in therapy but then like um Mm. then just like fixing it you know (laughs) like um and then not doing that anymore um but I don't think that's Mm. the way to go I think it's like yeah yeah that's really interesting I feel like for me personally how I feel like I guess I would think about my relationship with like shadow selves I feel like I've been thinking a lot about how um and this actually fits in perfectly because this is all about like you know nuance and also like not creating like judgment or good or bad Mm -hmm. I feel like I've been like realizing too how there's my very like ambitious self like my very intensely um like driven side of myself I think has like a very gives me a tendency to be very selfish and I think that like sometimes this idea of like thinking of myself in this way of being like oh there is a part of me that is selfish like would make me or did make me in the past feel very defensive or you know judge myself for that or be like oh it is bad that I have this certain like quality that can make me selfish or like that selfishness inherently is this bad thing Mm -hmm. but even if we're talking about like dark work versus light work which like light work is often categorized as like you know spreading light or like spreading love sorry externally or outward and dark work is like you know 
love internally and, you know, self-love and prioritizing yourself Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I've even been thinking about like selfishness and this is like kind of like pretty radical too, but thinking of selfishness as like this like process of dark work, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like that, like there is something like, you know, like being able to like prioritize yourself, (laughs) yourself and like really have like a deep sense of self-love that you want your needs to be met and cared for and like all these different things and that like that like side of like selfishness in a way like maybe isn't inherently a bad thing or we can or there is nuance you know like there are some parts and I think that there's always balance too you know like I think for me like I feel like there is a side of me too that is very compassionate and caring and my mom which would like always make me laugh, but my mom would always say to me, she'd be like, you are the most unselfish, selfish person that I've ever met. <laughs> Cause she'd be like, cause I just felt like I had, I don't know, like I have a sense of like duality in me where I feel like there's a part of me that is very compassionate, that is very caring, mm-hmm. whatever. But also there's another side of me that is incredibly driven, that wants the best for myself, that wants to do what I want to do. And, you know, that can like come across to people as like selfish, you know? And like, I don't know, like just me like realizing that like almost like shadow self of me and not like allowing that to make me like feel shameful or bad because I feel like that's like how I would often approach it when or when I felt like I don't know you know like I feel like a part of me too would be like scared of my ambition and scared of my like drive because I'd be like oh that that means that I'm a selfish person or that means that like x y and z Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah I'm Sorry, I think I'm, like, at this point where I'm, like, the heat wave is really getting to me in this fanless room, so my brain is, like, a little foggy, but, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm okay to move on to the next topic, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, I was really thinking about, because in my head, I'm always, I think that social justice whatever the fuck that means is inherently spiritual in a lot of ways and spirituality is inherently moving towards justice i think that they all have a collective vision of freedom um and of reducing the suffering of this world so i'm kind of thinking about you know yeah what does this you know very spiritual concept of radical acceptance mean in the face of injustice and stuff Mm -hmm. um and things that i feel like often you know might be the criticism towards radical acceptance would be like oh how can we radically accept this world and at the same time resist um like change it i guess yeah and i feel like my first statement is or like you know you'll always like hear those things where people will be like we cannot accept this you know what i mean like um yeah, and so I feel like I'm going to be a little bold and say, first of all, I don't think that we should resist. Um, mm-hmm. I think in a lot of ways, whatever we resist amplifies and is it receives more power from the very fact of our resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that for me, I think radical acceptance is not necessarily you know 
closing your eyes or denying what is happening. I think it's like literally exactly the opposite. It is like mm-hmm. fully in conscious awareness and acceptance of what is happening. Mm-hmm. And I think from the space, that's where we can mo- most consciously, yeah, move towards change. Um, I don't know. It's And it's hard to say that to a lot of people because I think that people, you know, are rightfully angry mm-hmm. and are rightfully upset. Um, but I think too, I feel like oftentimes like we're like with the narratives that we hear about like the injustices of this world, we're often placed and fear mongered at times into spaces mm-hmm. of like fear, urgency and insecurity, like, you know, when we're told, you know, the world is doomed, climate change is going to destroy us, we cannot take this, we cannot accept this, like, blah, blah, blah. And it, it creates a real sense of fear. And I think that what radical acceptance means for me is to acknowledge the pain and leave the suffering. And I think that within the sense of, like, collective, I think that yeah it's all i feel like there's a sense in which we need to acknowledge the pain that is being had but also try to not fall into suffering in which like we feel Mm -hmm. helpless and fearful and overwhelmed and anxious and i just i don't necessarily feel like that is a fruitful place to move from change Mm -hmm. with yeah, and I guess I almost even think about, like, even just, I feel like um, a lot of work that people do is, like, resisting or um, kind of, I guess, like, trying to, like, take back the power in, like, these in- institutions that are already set up that are inherently, like, prominently white and, like, prominently male and things like that. And I guess... Uh, nowadays like people have kind of or some people have kind of come to that conclusion that like no i guess what we need to do is just like build more poc driven like institutions and um like or not even institutions but just like things i guess um like structures and uh, that's like the way to go and i think and that's uh in that way like accepting that let's say like institutions like universities um currently aren't gonna be so different um than they were before and instead trying to create um create a just a different structure entirely in a different way uh with poc like is more radical Yeah, and I think, too, even, like, the whole narrative of, like, we have to take back our power, it's, like, Mm -hmm. it's so interesting to me, because I'm, like, like, your power can never be taken from you. Like, that is just Mm -hmm. not something that can be stolen from you. Like, that is something that you, that is, like, your birthright. That is something that you inherently have as, um, you know, a conscious being on this in this external reality. I don't know. I think too, it's like, 
I think when we, what resistance really does is it almost like gives, not gives power away, but it also just like, when you're constantly in this place of like resistance, Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, like your power is almost like being transferred to what you are resisting. Yeah. And so it's like, I think that like, yeah, like it's also like in terms of like radical acceptance being, is, is also like being able to you know, take full responsibility for yourself. I think in a real sense, it also like, you know, I think what resistance really does is like, it's like, oh, you know, it's their fault that we're in this and Mm -hmm. we need to resist them. And there is, to be fair, like there is truth in this, like, but at the same time, it's like, you know, we are inherently incredibly powerful people and we have, power within us to change worlds and so how can we like accept this and also take full responsibility for our own power mm-hmm. you know and that like know that like you know we are not victim to these situations no one can take our power away from us we are inherently powerful people mm-hmm. even like um we were talking about this in a podcast episode that we recorded but didn't end up um posting but um Fuck, I still forgot um, their name, but mm-hmm. in the in a podcast episode in um, on cheat codes, this person was like talking about how you know that they like accepted that within this reality there are people who live within the logic of you know racial oppression and that is their reality, but for them as a black person, they are not oppressed and that is not their reality. However, Mm -hmm. people within their reality of racial oppression or who move with that reality will oftentimes project racial oppression onto them. And I thought that that was a very interesting way of approaching it because at the same time, it is like, it, it is both acknowledging that there are people within this world that move with a reality of racial oppression and that that is um, something that we need to, that it, we have to accept about this reality. But at the same time, like, I don't know, like you're not allowing yourself to like be like, victim to that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is powerful to say that like, to, and cause I've also been thinking about it uh, since, and I've just been wondering like, for a like a marginalized person to realize that they're oppressed personally like is there really like any pros with that I guess is like any advantage to like uh for someone to just like know that they're oppressed so strongly and like move through the world with that weight um I don't think there's ever really an advantage to that. I don't think uh, there's ever a point where um, someone is has not been told that already, like growing up, and then someone like it's, looks at them and goes like, "Oh no, I need to tell them. I need to tell them that they're oppressed," you know? Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, I think too. Um... Again, like, I feel like with radical acceptance, too, there's a way in which radical acceptance, I feel like, takes away 
Let me try to like word this in a way. I don't know. But it, it takes away the seriousness. It makes things less serious, if that makes sense. And what mm. do I mean by that is that like, I think what suffering tries to do is make things incredibly serious and difficult, right? Like it's just mm. like, you know, there is pain. So for example, like that I, this shitty thing happened to me, like I didn't get the job that I wanted, whatever. Okay. So there's this like shitty thing that happens and it's like, instead of it just existing as pain, it becomes like intensely serious with like narratives then that I'm like telling myself that like, oh, I inherently am bad at my job or I am not Mm. worthy of getting any type of job and also Mm. i suck and also there is something inherently wrong with me and blah 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 blah. and then Mm. so then it's just like this whole spiral of like not just like accepting it for what it is at face value you know that i didn't get this job period whatever Mm -hmm. um but i think too with like this like letting go of like seriousness and thinking about like the injustices of this world I think to like when we get in which I feel like is often like the ways in which like media I don't know media perpetuates this time in particular climate change injustice all of these different things it I feel like it makes it so serious to the sense that it almost but it becomes increasingly paralyzing and like it pushes people further into like apathy where it's like not only okay so like these shitty things are happening we have climate change we have racial injustice and instead of like for that pain to be enough like on top of that we have to be like okay also the world is ending humans are inherently evil there's nothing that we can do about it we're hopeless like it just becomes this like whole dome of density and seriousness and intensity and like deep 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 suffering that is like rooting from this like pain and like i just think that this idea that like you know, we need to push people into states of, like, this type of density and fear for, like, any change to happen or we need to do it or or to get any, like, progress. I'm like, mm-hmm. do we? I'm like, when did, like, fear-mongering ever work? Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, it, is there an example when, like, fear-mongering people into doing things has ever created <laughs> meaningful change? I really don't think so. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, a part of me and this sounds like really weird but a part of me is like how can we make the situation that we're in within the world less serious and i don't know i know that that sounds like kind of like effed up a little bit because people are like oh no but it is serious and like but it is blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. and i'm like yes but it's also like i don't know i feel like like for I yeah, guess sorry, like when ahead. the when when the problem like becomes less serious, then the solution can also be less serious. So exactly, yeah. And it's like it also just makes it so much easier to engage in meaningful change because it's like if I'm being told that not only are there you know painful things that they're ha- that are happening in this world, but also it is hopeless and we are doomed. I probably am, like, going to be too paralyzed in fear and anxiety and urgency Mm. to engage in anything that is meaningful. But I feel like when we take less weight or density onto things and less weight and we're like, okay, these are the things that are happening, 
we accept them, but also we know that we have agency to choose differently. I'm just like, okay, yeah, I can do something about that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. And like, I mean, I guess to like make an example that is not so much about like social justice, but also yeah, kind of yeah. because it's all like linked to each other really. But like, I feel like I kind of have been feeling like radical acceptance of like technology and like, um, like mm. phones or the algorithm mm. and like things mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. because I feel like um, so many people are just like oh phones are just like so awful we need to like go back to the time where like it was brick phones mm-hmm. and or something I don't know like something like that and like the social media and like the algorithm and blah blah but then just like I feel like accepting that yes there are so many terrible things about the algorithm and the so- phones and social media and things like that but it also like has so many good values yeah and again this like yeah like i feel like again this doesn't mean that like we shouldn't be like advocating for not being surveilled and mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. but at the same but i think that there is something really important with what you're saying too and i was like kind of having this conversation with my mom where I was like, I, I was, I basically said, I was like, I feel like all this discourse we're being told about how our phones are so addictive is why everyone's addicted. Mm. And it was a really interesting thought for me because I was just like, I even like on a personal level, I feel like as soon as I tell myself, oh, I'm so addicted to my phone, I can't stop being on my phone, blah, blah, blah. Like that I do, like I, that's like what I perpetuate in yeah. myself. But as soon as I was just like, no, like phones are not that addictive. I can choose to be on my phone and then I can just stop. As soon as I came in with that mentality, then it was like I went on my phone less. Like I think like truly like, but that's why I'm saying like the, the way the media like tries to like, I don't know, like I guess like thinks that they're being helpful. I think it's just like incredibly unhelpful. Like I literally like to st- like, I feel like when people are like, okay, so if the goal is to like stop people going on their phones as much, um, to like com- continually perpetuate this idea in the psyche that you are addicted to your phone. You are addicted. Everyone is addicted. It's so easy to get addicted. Your phones are made to be addicted. It's like, of course yeah. people are going to be addicted. Like what? This is all you're fucking saying. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, and it's, it's like, crazy to me. And it's more just like the shame of like, yeah, like I'm just like watching a couple of TikToks and then now I'm like feeling shameful about that. Like, yeah, that, and then it's also it's like, like <laughs> you go into like a shame spiral and that's what like mm-hmm. radical like that's like what radical acceptance attempts to stop because it's like okay like literally like if you're like okay i've been going on my phone a bit and then i feel bad that i've been going on my phone so to avoid the feeling of feeling shameful and bad i'm going to go on my phone more to just distract myself because i feel really shitty about myself and now i'm just like in this whole shame spiral of being like self-punishing because going on my phone doesn't feel good anymore but i'm still doing it because i hate myself like it's just so ridiculous like it's just yeah, because I feel like, even, like, with social media, too, I feel like um, uh, I wasn't even, like, following, like, the, I guess, like, so-called toxic influencers who, like, um, are very, like, skinspo and, like, I don't know, like, things like that, um, or, like, uh, advertising detox teas or whatever. Like, I didn't, I wasn't even on that side of Instagram, like, when I was first starting, uh, but then I, like, heard about the discourse around how, like, Instagram is ruining teenage girls' body image and things like that and then that's when I was like 
more aware of that side of Instagram, even though I didn't follow those people. And then I started seeing those people more. And then I like kind of st- like started getting affected by Instagram in that way a bit more. And it's just, just, yeah. And then before that, it was just like a fun time. So it's ridiculous how I got that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I feel like this is like maybe more um, shifting away from the conversation of radical acceptance, but I guess there are connections. Mm-hmm. But even too, I've just been thinking about how like where we place our like thoughts are like mm-hmm. where it's like we like give them a certain t- level of power. And I feel like it's like we, like we're just like so incredibly powerful beings that like we can literally place our thoughts in certain areas and those areas will gain more power just by yeah. the fact that we are putting our awareness towards them i was even like thinking about how so i got my first cartilage piercing when i was 15 and at 15 i didn't know keloids exist or like bumps on your piercings existed i literally just didn't know that it was a thing and i've i'd never heard of it and so naturally i got the piercing it healed perfectly nothing happened to it i didn't get any bumps then i got my second cartilage piercing when i was like 18 or something and my friend was like oh my god i hope i don't get a keloid on this and i was like what's that and she was just like oh it's this bump that people get it's like quite common it's like blah 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 and as soon as she said that to me then it stuck in my head and i was like oh you can get keloids from piercings you can get bumps from piercings and then i like started (laughs) searching it up i i kept seeing it everywhere on other people like Mm -hmm. i would like constantly be like researching it i'd be like panicking about getting one whatever and of course on my next two piercings i got like a bump on them and it's just like I was, like, thinking about that the other day because I was just, like, yo, it is so (laughs) crazy. Like, it's truly, like, wherever we, like, place our awareness is, like, what reality that we create. And it's, like, I don't know. At At the end of the day, I'm, like, is it is it super helpful for us to be, like, constantly perpetuating this idea that we're in a state of extreme urgency and that we should all be scared and that et cetera, et cetera? I'm, like is this is placing our attention in these areas beneficial and also creating a reality that we want like i just i'm not sure i think too i was like thinking i was having this thought um about how i feel like we've talked about this before but like you know even thinking about like future right like when people are like oh there's going to be no future or i don't want to have kids because there's going to be no future a part of me is like what does that even mean i'm like there is no future you know like there is only there's only the present moment that unfolds into the next present moment like there is no there is no inherent future Mm -hmm. if anything like and so if there is no future everything that we are like perpetuating in this present moment is the possibility that we are like leading way to there's like a million features existing within the present moment and whatever we're doing now is the possibilities in which we're moving to right Mm -hmm. and so it's like if we're like so like for like social justice movements if they like their end goal their future that they're imagining is a world of peace freedom equality etc it's like using fear urgency and anxiety within the present moment it's like how do you think that you're going to get to a state of peace and freedom when you're like literally all you're doing is perpetuating fear and urgency i'm like that just like doesn't make any sense to me because i'm also like there is no future there's only the present moment so like we are just creating these different possibilities moving forward and so it's like i don't know like i'm like 
yeah, if you want a world that in which we treat the environment well, mm-hmm. like or li- like or you want like um, a space in which like we are like free, it's like why are you constantly perpetuating fear? Like I don't know, it's that yeah does not add up in my head. And even like thinking about um, so we know that like people that you meet every day like are just mirroring your energy back to you like so uh, so like I love if you're, we say like, that as if that's like <laughs> yeah of course but I feel like yeah. maybe that's not yeah of course for everyone <laughs> no but, no of yes. course like I was like thinking that in my head too like should I maybe word it in a different way but I think like no I think I'm just gonna say it like yeah no yeah, we know for that is your reality that is something is. yeah so like um if you're okay if you're like feeling confident and you expect everyone to love you today then people are gonna love you today uh, if you feel insecure and you're like oh my god people are gonna think i'm not cool today then people are gonna not think that I'm, you're not cool today or like treat you that way um and i was like thinking about how like um even just like thinking about like oh people are gonna like oppress me today i guess like um or Yo, like hate crime and people or something. are not ready for that <laughs> conversation Yo. but like because i was i was like thinking specifically about like traveling alone and how like i always have wanted to travel alone um mm-hmm. but also how i have this like fear about like um like pretty rational yeah. fear about like yeah. traveling alone as a woman who is also Asian and who is also small and like in these different countries and like I was like thinking about it and I was thinking about also how like because I was like listening to this um podcast where like a guest was talking about how he like uh travels alone and he is def he is a white man but he also uh usually just kind of like randomly like goes to some bar that he's uh, traveling to uh, in the country that he's traveling to and then just sits sits there and then like um either waits for people to talk to him or like talk to people first and then he just like always tries to like go with the attitude or belief that like oh if i'm nice to people people are gonna be nice to me and i'm gonna be able to find nice people and then um and then he just like makes friends and then people and, and like invite him to like parties or like to like i don't know to go or like ha- lets him know like where to go in those like traveling places and then he does that and then he has a great time every time and i was like thinking about it and i was like thinking like like oh sure like obviously as a white man like he does have the privilege that maybe yeah. uh, he has more safety in those environments but also thinking about like what if i just like traveled alone with um the strong belief that like oh no like if i'm nice to people people are gonna be nice to me and um like i'm gonna be able to find the nice people in this place um and not even saying like oh like uh like racist people don't exist or uh, or like misogynist people don't exist in these countries or something but just being like oh i'm gonna be able to like attract and find the people who are nice and not gonna treat me that way um in those places like i was like thinking about like the possibility of like me traveling alone with that intention and if that would work that way yeah yeah that's really true and i think too you know like there's always like balance and nuance to these things because at Mm -hmm. the same time it's like 
Yeah, you should you you should probably be more vigilant as people who are you know course, more vulnerable yeah. to harm. Um, and this is like not to say that you know like you shouldn't be aware of like what other people might project onto you, mm-hmm. but. I think too, yeah, just coming with a fundamental belief that it's like, you know, in your reality. Yeah. And yeah, again, and I hope this like doesn't come across even on my end too, like as like mm-hmm. victim blaming and stuff. Um, oh no, God. You know, or being like, just, just believe that you're out of press and then you <laughs> won't be like you know what i mean like i get that there are real like material circumstances to the ways in which racism works um and real tangible things but i don't know i think that like you know there is balance that it's like there's ways in which you can radically accept your situation also choose different realities and there's also ways in which you are an incredibly powerful godlike human being mm-hmm. or not even human being but being inside a human being's body mm-hmm. that can enact whatever reality you want to enact mm-hmm. um but also that there will be other people that have different realities that will project those realities onto you and I don't know, but it's also like, yeah, and I feel like people are really scared to believe that they have that much power, and mm-hmm. I think that that's why it feels really comfortable for some people to stay within positions of, you know, I am an oppressed person. Mm-hmm. I am X, Y, and Z. That's why, you know, I can't do this, or I am a victim to certain circumstances, therefore I don't have responsibility to enact yeah. any change within them. Mm-hmm. But nuance, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to check out? Yeah, let's let's check out. Um, is there any last things that you want to say? I feel like we covered a lot. Um, I'm like hoping that people who listen like know that we're coming from like good intentions and obviously in kind of compassionate intention to to anyone who doesn't feel the same way, um, and. Okay, so uh, what uh, what is something that is bringing you joy recently? Um, hmm. Brought me joy was during Lionsgate when I was in New York. I was hanging out with um, my best friend and their friend, and it was really special. We made like a little altar and we wrote down the selves that we wanted to embody and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. I think it was just it brought me a lot of joy because it just felt like a really special moment to be having with my friend that I am not usually in person with um yeah it was really special and it was really joyful Hmm. what about you um I'm trying to think. I think uh, I've been picking up more reading uh, lately because I've also just been like realizing that, like, um, you know, it's August, so I need to like get my summer reading list <laughs> done. Like, Period. The, yeah. Um, but also not thinking of it as like a deadline, but just like, oh no, I have been like focused more on other things this summer, mm-hmm. so I want to like crunch in my reading. Um, and 
Yeah, I've just been really enjoying like sitting down somewhere with like a nice like iced drink and like reading. Mm, and that um, sounds really lovely. Yeah. Um, I also like. Okay, I, I've been reading. Um, I hope we choose love by Kai Cheng Tom, which you should Ooh, definitely read. Yes. Um, and like. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, and like. I bought this book a long time ago, but I actually didn't read a lot of it until now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like how she like talks about um, like very serious subjects such as like cancel culture or uh, like oppression within the queer community and like things like that, um, like identity politics and whatever. But like in a very like conversational tone throughout the essays, like she'll make little like jokes like she she'll say things like um like i'm a trauma survivor and then brackets kill surprise (laughs) like like and like i don't know just like little jokes um and you can like hear her voice in it and it's really nice to read a very like kind of academic essay i guess but like in a very uh colloquial tone yeah i love that Mm -hmm. i love it too anyways um, I am dying in this heat, in this like yes, no I will fan let you room. go. <laughs> so, um, but thank you so much for listening. If you got to this point, mm-hmm. we really appreciate you. Um, yes, that's all. Yeah, and we'll see you next week. We'll see you on Thursday. Bye. Thank you for listening to Before We End. Before We End is edited by me, Ty. The person who made our theme song is Elissi, and it is hosted by Anchor. Thank you.